Hi guys, welcome back to episodes. Hi guys, welcome back to. Hey guys, welcome back to episode five of the Teen Taboo. Today we have a guest, a special guest with us, Rukea. Rukea, do you want to introduce yourself? So hi guys, my name is Rukea. I'm a dear friend of Anjuman and Nora from a very, very long time. And in terms of what I do on a day to day, I am an educator um, and I'm somebody who's quite active in the community. And yeah, just love to talk about um, lots of topics such as these. So today we are going to speak about an, a very interesting topic. It's gonna be about the beauty standards, more specifically looking at the influences of like social media and how that's impacted young women, young girls, how it's changed over time, us as well, our own experiences, the impact that it can have. And this can vary from like the beauty of the face or the body as well, body shape and body dysmorphia and all of those different things. It's gonna be a very interesting episode. Yeah. Okay, so why we brought Rukea onto our podcast today is because she's actually a specific friend of ours with big, big views when it comes to the impossible beauty standards and how social media has affected every single one of us and her especially to the point that she actually deactivated instagram how many years ago yeah it's been about a year and a half so i feel it'll be interesting to see how your productivity and your use of your phone and your ideas of beauty has changed since deactivating instagram and it'll also be interesting to see has instagram itself changed since you've deactivated since me and nora are still on it we can you know make a comparison of how it was and how it is if there is any comparison to make in the first place so i think a good place to start is with the question what is our relationship with instagram and social media you go first raquel Okay, so um, as I said, um, I was actually somebody who in the past from sort of university years of when I was about 18, I was actually quite an avid user of Instagram. I felt like I was quite good at it. You know, people talk about algorithms and how invested you are and how many followers you can get. I was definitely somebody who was on the up and up, um, started off um, with a private profile, you know, didn't really want like, it's very strange, this perception and this idea of like, people that you've never met in real life like seeing your pictures and seeing you talk about what food you're eating and all these things but then obviously like Instagram has made that so normal so when I started to kind of get invested in the followers that were increasing I was a bit like you know what if I made it public and if I put my real name on there and stuff like that. Did you post your face a lot was selfie a big thing for you? No to be honest with you I kept myself quite anonymous I did a lot of like half selfies so you couldn't really see me fully um I did have a lot of friends on there who did know me in person so they they were aware of who I was and there were people that I was lucky enough to meet at events and things that were advertised through Instagram but obviously there were people that I'd never met before one thing that I did that was quite interesting was every single Ramadan I would switch off for a month and when it came to Instagram and kind of have like a detox so that was something that I used to do regularly so even before I made the decision to completely come off I had those time periods where I'd just switch off um I definitely had like a love-hate relationship with Instagram so even though I met amazing people on there I did uh, often feel quite exposed on 
on social media and I think a big thing for me was the fact that I felt like as we're talking about today this whole idea of the influence of other people on you so it's not just about what you're putting up and how people react to you but it's also about you know what are you scrolling through and how are those images and those videos um, affecting the way that you feel about yourself and for me I did feel as though um, even though I'm quite a strong person I'm quite confident in my own self and my body and my image but I felt like that was starting to waver and that's something that really didn't sit well with me so the big moment for me was the pandemic and I think us having to be in a situation of lockdown and not really seeing each other um, in person um, I just really felt like you know I just want to have alone time and part of that alone time extension of that was coming off social media so essentially that's kind of what pushed it so that's why I kind of said I've been off for about a year and a half um, since maybe like 20 beginning of 2021 um yes that's sort of my journey with instagram so essentially on it for about three four years and then been off for about a year and a half don't you ever feel any temptations to reactivate instagram and use it again because you know you say that it has a negative impact on you but how about is it doesn't it come down to who you follow like don't you just have to be more selective with who you follow and what content you see Okay, so that's really interesting. I must admit, like when it comes to me um, deactivating, I have to be honest, it wasn't a straightforward, um, we're just going cold turkey on Instagram and we're never going back on. It, it was a process. So I did definitely log back in several times um, before um, I officially like came off and didn't touch it. One thing that I did do that I felt was really important for me to establish how much I really relied on social media um, was I actually messaged people, whether I'd met them in person or not, who I felt were good friends, like good Instagram friends, and was like, you know what, I'm thinking of coming off. If you want to kind of stay in contact with me, like drop me a line on WhatsApp, here's my personal number. And that was something that was really interesting because I realized that, you know what, a lot of people didn't actually take me up on that offer and it was select people that really wanted to stay friends with me and stay in contact and that was something that was quite poignant for me because it just showed me that you know what do these people really really care about you and who you are and your friendship and your relationship with them and actually why are they really following you do you know what I mean in the first place because it's like I still want to maintain bonds with you now in terms of the negative influence I think that for me um one thing that's very important for me is being a Muslim woman and having positive images thrown at me through social media and I think that even though I was following a lot of bloggers who had really really positive um, affirmations of faith of beauty which was very modest and was very in tune with the way I chose to live my life I also felt like there was a lot of transformation in a lot of those bloggers and influencers Mm -hmm. and even though once upon a time they were really positive there were things that they started to show on their social media and things they started to talk about and ways that they started to change that no longer were in line with what I wanted for myself and my life and I think that for me that was a big turning point with regards to like you know what it's not just one two three but four five six influencers that are followed from I'm talking about like teenage years that I really just feel like they are negatively impacting me and they're making me question like who I am and that's not what I want Instagram to be for me okay Nora um, what about your relationship with social media and the devil Instagram is um I've had, I've been on socials, I've been on Instagram, I would say, from when I was in college, about like 2013 times, 2014, 2015, even year 11, I think I had Instagram in year 11, I'm not sure, but I've had the same Instagram since then, and then I've been on like Twitter, and I've been on like, I think Snapchat came about a bit after, around the time of like Instagram, or maybe just before, Um, so I think I would say I was a bit more active on Instagram, like posting pictures of myself, 
back when I was in university I was like constantly posting things that I was up to etc like you know um outings with friends like group pictures that kind of stuff but then I went through a really long phase after that where I just archived all of my pictures and I said look I'm not gonna lie to you I'm gonna be very honest here sis Nora you're gaining weight so it's time to archive everything all the other pictures like Instagram is out here it wasn't mainly my weight though it was mainly because I said to myself I'm archiving my pictures because I need to work on myself and if I do want to post pictures I want to post pictures that I'm happy with myself so I don't think I was just happy with myself at the time that's a story for another day anyways as I was saying so that was kind of my relationship with Instagram I came back on Instagram a bit after so I was always active on Instagram like I'd be liking pictures commenting on people's pictures and people be sending me like memes and stuff like that and I watch people's stories etc but then I only I think generally I don't really post on Instagram now as much as I used to back in the day like I'm very inactive in terms of posting I think I, fo I posted a picture recently for the first time in like I think two years or something Instagram for me it's more of a a, a it's a social media app where I just look go on it every day and I just browse and I just scroll the timeline and um I think the reason why I I went through a phase where I was taking breaks coming back on just like you guys mentioned but the reason why it's because my feed was literally filled with like all these gossip pages and all of that the shade room is a very big page and I used to love gossip and tea like all these like pages that give us the tea on like what's going on around the world but it gets very toxic at a certain point I'm not gonna lie to you. information that is no benefit in my life whatsoever about what Snoop Dogg is smoking or what um Mariah Carey is doing like or who's getting sued or actually not my business but i'm just so invested in these celebs lives like why am i so invested so yeah so i think it's really interesting like to draw upon two things that you said because i think the fact that you said that um you were posting a lot more when you kind of first went on instagram and i think when you're young and you first get into it it's something very new i think you have a confidence that you don't necessarily have as you get older and you're on it for longer because yeah and i think also potentially there's insecurities that creep up after a while you know in the beginning it's like this is just fun do you know what i mean and everyone's posting pictures so i'm going to post a picture but then it's like you actually especially as you get more and more um followers and you have you're more and more involved and invested in the app and what it stands for i think you realize that you know what actually there's people watching me and i want to put across a certain image and i think it is very interesting that nora was saying that um for example changes in her weight impacted whether or not she would um you know decide to post or not and I think that there's a lot of people that like to put out a certain image of themselves on social media and so if there's not necessarily um filters going on or editing going on if you're in a position in your life where you feel like I'm a bit overweight or I'm having issues with my acne or whatever it may be it's like that's impacting how you use the app and for me that's a form of the app ha does have some sort of impact on your perception of self and your beauty standards which is obviously like what we're talking about it sort of becomes like am I good enough for Instagram instead of what can I do with the app it's more like the app starts controlling you and the people that you actually have never met and never seen in real life, they somehow start controlling you too through that app. And it just becomes really toxic over time. I definitely agree. I think another thing as well that um, Nora was talking about was this whole thing of like an obsession with the shade room and gossip pages. And I think that um, when I was younger, like pre like Instagram, the way that that manifested was like gossip articles and columns online and things obviously people had internet but we didn't have social media and then obviously with social media it's so accessible and um pages like the shade room in particular like they make a massive like amount of money off of like literally stalking celebrities and bringing us the tea and when we want it 
I'm just bait. Oh my God, that's like the UK equivalent. So I feel like, you know, that's really interesting as well because I mean, I know it's not 100% linked to beauty standards, but it's an extension of it because at the end of the day, what's it, what I feel is telling young people, and as I mentioned, like I'm an educator, I feel like it makes the things that are going on in your everyday life insignificant. And you feel like in order for me to feel whole as a person, I have to be invested and tuned into what these celebrities like across the world are doing. And I just think that's really mad. And then obviously if that's just, we're talking about gossip, then how is that translating in terms of beauty? Like somebody who we've never met before that's living in LA Malibu in their mansion how does what they choose to put on their face or the way they choose what surgery they get done or the way they dress how does that impact the way that me in North London um you know the way that I dress and the way that I choose to present myself to the world also with these pages you find that they suddenly start giving recognition to certain people whether they're doing something stupid and it starts trending or certain type of girls who look some type of way bigger lips bigger hips bigger bums bigger boobs even though right now me and Nora were speaking the other day suddenly slim is back in the show but um because certain people like these start getting recognition and some sort of validation from these pages suddenly everyone else wants to follow them and that's sort of like now everyone turns to instagram to seek validation no people turn to instagram to to seek validation and to also fill the gaps fill the void within them i would say and so it's a thing where the trends that are currently going on in terms of like body um body standards and body image people tend to follow on with that and follow through with that so if kim kardashian has a has butt implants let's say or um or she has fillers in her face and let's say um somebody like i don't know Katy perry or i don't know everybody in the in the in the industry like the media industry the music industry social media influencing footballers people um who do any work on themselves it actually has a massive impact on people on the other end of social media who don't have any influence whatsoever because ideally they are being influenced by the content that's being put out there so what's really interesting is um recently i saw a pic of um chloe kardashian and, and i know i've said the kardashians name twice now i'm not invested in their lives whatsoever <laughs> but that is a very good example to draw up on when it comes to beauty standards so um recently i saw a picture of chloe kardashian and chloe kardashian's um she just looked completely different um to the chloe kardashian pictures i've seen like maybe like three years ago two years ago even a year ago and i think it's a case of like implants being removed and the slim look is now in so it's like what so it's like every year or every couple of years the look the the look that the ideal look the ideal body it changes but this impacts the girls on social media who lack self-esteem within themselves and and have that void within them and they now go and they get the fillers and they get the botox and they get the 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 things that they don't have to mirror what they're seeing online on social media and it's it's very it's very interesting to see. I'm not going to lie to you how it's changed over time. Isn't it funny how her transformation came during just as summer is hitting? I mean, summer is the peak for when everyone starts looking at their bodies, looking at their faces. I mean, with Love Island going on now and, you know, the sun coming out, suddenly everyone wants to... Everyone's reflecting on what their body looks like, you know, everyone's comparing. So like hot girl summer, hot boy summer, like everyone, like you could literally be a bum the whole year. <laughs> and then summer comes 
And it's like, it's got to be skin out. It's got to be like, my body's got to be popping. Do you get what I mean? I may not have shaved my legs in two weeks, but you know what I mean? It's going to happen now because i got to have them on show. Um, I totally agree with you, Angelman. Like, summer, I think, is a real pinnacle when it comes to um, the manifestation of what we see in social media on people's beauty standards in real time. So if one thing that I'm seeing a lot, even though, like, obviously, yes, we don't necessarily live in a society where there's set expectations. West is very, very free. But I still feel like every single summer, the, the boundaries with regards to what's okay and what's not okay keep getting pushed and i think it's just really interesting to see because a lot of it is mirrored off of social media so for example like i'm i'm not gonna lie to you i'm one of them people that you know when i get home i do not want to be wearing a bra i just want to be free but one thing that i have realized especially people that maybe are not as like heavy chested or even some people that i have seen that are heavy chested like women out without a bra and like for me like that's something that maybe i'm if i'm thinking about last summer i know that we had covid and things like that but people were sort of out that that maybe wouldn't be like okay whereas now it's like okay the fashion is much, like you should be liberated obviously we've had covid people have been a lot more free so it's like why can't i leave my house like this so i know that might just sound like a minor thing and people might be like it's not that deep but all these things are impacted on what people see to be okay and i think that going on what nora was saying about the impact on figures like chloe kardashian like major influencers that um promote beauty products even etc um we have to understand i think especially from my point of view as an educator one big thing that i've seen specifically if we're going to hone in on makeup for example rakea doesn't wear makeup <laughs> at all as in have you ever actually walked out in public with makeup so i think the only so i have worn makeup once or twice at weddings because literally like i've got there and people have been like oh my god you're not wearing makeup and it's a wedding and like, let's put let's do up your face and the thing is if somebody's gonna do it for me like that's calm even though it does feel a bit weird um i have i've had my eyes done a couple times like just eye makeup done because i do um quite like my eyes and i do think it enhances them but i feel kind of like oh my god they're popping too much when i've got makeup on because i'm just not used to it um, Can I ask why you don't wear makeup is it just strictly for religious reasons or is there other strings attached to the reason? So it's a bit complicated for me. I think in terms of like my religious view, I don't believe that makeup is wrong. Like I think if, as long as your makeup is not heavy, like wedding makeup every single day, then that's calm, like garden makeup. Um, and I appreciate that everyone's got like little blemishes and things like that and it can be used to even out. But for me personally, I've had like very severe skin issues from birth. Um, and basically in the time that I potentially would have got into makeup, which was sort of around college time, which is actually a lot earlier for young girls nowadays, um, I had quite severe skin issues on and off um, to the point where I was hospitalized and things so I couldn't wear makeup because I just couldn't use anything other than like the creams given to me by doctors and stuff on my skin otherwise like my skin was just very irritable and I think because I went through that phase where you're young and you're impressionable where I didn't wear it it's easier for me not to wear it now not that I don't feel tempted some sometimes but it's like I didn't have that like youthful phase where I experimented with it and then you kind of get into it so for me it's like I'm not saying that I, I never kind of want to wear it but for me it's just like I just don't know the ropes it's like another language for me but I appreciate people that you know do wear it I find that really interesting um yeah. honestly it's really interesting because as you mentioned like in our time it was about college times when makeup became a thing like in school it was in school it wasn't really in secondary school it was more like people just learned how to slick their edges and you know or even I don't know Smudge the eyeliner. lip gloss you know the lip gloss the cherry ones and the grape ones and you know but it's so interesting that you yeah it's so interesting that you uh, mention um Rukaya, the products one thing I wanted to touch on is touch base on is um 
you know the makeup products that people release um especially people of influence like first of all initially makeup a lot of the makeup brands were by like all these big companies and big brands like i don't know um mark jacobs or maybelline or huda beauty no huda beauty is one i want to get onto huda beauty um so the ma- the major ones like um maybelline um l'oreal um those are drugstore but also ysl and what else is there um mac um um Estee Lauder etc all of those are like the main big makeup brands but more recently there's been like lines of makeup being um, being released by people of women of influence right and what I wanted to um, talk about which I find which I find quite interesting is that and not to bash anybody as well to be honest but also it's just a bit ironic sometimes that a lot of the products that are being marketed it's for people like us right who well myself and Angeman like I don't wear makeup every single day but on a if I'm going somewhere and I want to look really like extra oomph I'll put on the makeup as I mentioned um brands like Huda Beauty's uh, makeup Kylie's brand um there's so many like independent brands that are out now makeup brands and a lot of the influencers who do release this makeup the their makeup line the line of their makeup let's say um first of all their makeup is amazing very great expensive yes i i must admit however a lot of people and i'm not saying huda beauty and kylie i'm saying the many others that i can't even list and think about just off the top of my head a lot of people have had work done on their faces and they promote their products and say look this is the best under eye baking powder or banana powder that will brighten up your under eyes it will it doesn't crease it's the best you know this is this is the product that you need worth 60 pounds but what people like myself angie other people rakea might not know is that a lot of women who do sell their makeup and it's you know it's up there a lot of them have had work done so they might look perfect when they are advertising their makeup and putting it on instagram and showing their products showcasing it but to people like us or the younger generation and the younger girls when they put that on and they look at themselves in the mirror and they're like okay i'm not gonna lie to you this product ain't even that great so it's it's there's there's not much transparency in um when it comes to the beauty standards like people aren't very clear and honest and open about their experiences and also like what they're trying to sell to people as well at the same time and that links to also like the pictures that people post on social media and that kind of stuff like a lot of the times the stuff that people do post on social media they edit it before they post it on Instagram. They go to like Facetune and they blur it out and they change the nose shape and they change like the under eye stuff. And a lot of like people have been bashed on social media again by Shadebar and all of those shade the shade room and all of those pages. But for editing their pictures and seeing like a curve on the wall or something where they try to like make their bum look a bit more curved, um, for example. So that that just links back to the idea of like social media just negatively impacting people's self esteem to the extreme point where people actually take the measures of editing their photos massive like where there's a massive difference you know yeah i i totally agree that i think that what we have to understand from like a marketing perspective is the brands are very very keen to sell you a lifestyle so yes it is a product however they are selling you a lifestyle so for example why is it that they're not just going to take a very very basic picture of the product on like a white backdrop you know barely any lighting and just say okay here's our product this is what it does and buy it 
um, you know, if you're going to go to the shop and buy a loaf of bread, you know what a loaf of bread is like. You can do what you want with it. Um, whereas with makeup, they are selling you something that is aspirational. And I think that when it comes to me and my relationship with, or my non-relationship with makeup, um, for me, I, I've kind of had to, I've watched a lot of documentaries, for example, about the beauty industry and about makeup. And I actually watched one very interesting one, which sent young people who are all um, very, very invested in using makeup on a daily basis for different reasons. Like one of the girls she had, like, had a severe acid attack and she used makeup to cover up her scarring. Um, there was a guy who was struggling with his sexual identity and he used makeup to make him feel confident about himself. Like there's a lot of people that use it for different reasons. But what was very interesting about this documentary was they actually sent them to big brands and got them to explore how the makeup is made, how it's produced, how how um, people who produce it are actually paid, what are their conditions like? I know I'm getting really deep here, but like for me, when it comes to like the temptation to potentially pursue makeup and to spend, you know, your hard earned money on makeup, or in the case of young people, their parents' hard earned money on makeup, um, which as Nora said, like sometimes like 60 pounds for a product, you know, that, that's a big budget you're talking about across a month for your variety of um, items that you're using as part of your makeup routine. Um, I think you really have to understand like what is behind all of it. And I think when you have a certain level of self-confidence and you appreciate your hard-earned money, you appreciate your body image and who you are, and you understand that it is a wholesome thing, it's not limited and to um, the makeup that you wear alone, I'm not saying that can't be part of it, um, I think that that just really gives you perspective. And I think that that's really, really important for the next generation, and I think that's what we're missing, because at the end of the day, if, for example, a marketer has been very clever and has taken a picture of a woman who may be using a particular, um, I don't know, let's say, um, a particular lipstick that's been released by Maybelline and they're in a really nice car and they're sitting in like hot LA sun, like they're trying to sell you a lifestyle. They're not just selling you the lipstick. And I think that that's what a lot of young people and older people sometimes don't necessarily like understand and they don't deep that when they see that. So therefore it's like, you know, sometimes subconsciously without us realizing it's like, if I buy that lipstick, I can have that lifestyle. And I think that sometimes that's what keeps us invested. And I'm not saying that you can't invest yourself to an extent, but when it's like what limits and what extents are you going to go to to invest in these companies that really and truly don't really care about you? They care about the dollar, the pound, the yen that you're spending on them. That's what it boils down to. So I know it's getting like maybe a bit political, but that is kind of what it boils down to. And I think a lot of young people, they kind of look at it on a very surface level. And for me, that's what helps me to stay quite firm on my um, stance of like not necessarily being invested in makeup like that because I really don't feel that it adds value to my life and in actual fact it can take away value from me and I'm value enough. Makeup gives me confidence though like I know you're saying it doesn't add value but I feel like it does give me an extra boost to the day. I feel like for me personally like makeup I'm not gonna lie to you I know when I walk out my house fresh skin I've just done my skincare I know that confidence level like it's the best type of confidence like where I know this is my skin right now my skin is glowing I'm in my 20s I'm young I ain't got wrinkles but when it comes to makeup makeup is to kind of enhance that so on days where I'm feeling extra saucy or extra you know like okay I'm going somewhere I'm actually doing something um I will put on the makeup but that wasn't always the case though because again when I was in I would say when I was in like college early uni, first year uni, second year uni, like I used to wear makeup pretty much all the time. Um, and I'm talking like the base, like the base, the lipstick, lip gloss, whatever, like, you know, do you know what I mean? Not lashes though. And now it's 
I feel like I've just come personally, I've come such a long way from that place and that space. And having reflected upon that, it all comes down to how strong you are as a person. Because you could have so many different influences in life. Like you could have so many different things being thrown at you. But it all comes down to like you as a person, how you can manage things and and how you can actually deal with it like do I really need to be beating my face every single day I'm do you know I work as a teacher like I'm actually a teacher am I gonna wake up every single day put on a bag of makeup on my face and go to school like on a lucky day on an on an on the nicest day the most luckiest day I might fill my brows do you know what I mean I might just put some some lip gloss on or do you know what I mean like conce- small small concealer but for me it just all depends on how I'm feeling personally at the time like there's some days where I really want to play about with makeup a bit I'm fe- I've got time on my hands I just feel like my products are just there catching dust but it's not about confidence for me or or anything because I'm definitely confident in my own skin personally again like I don't know it's, it's really interesting because we are coming from such different perspectives I don't know I just still feel very strongly that in order for um, influencers to have an income for them to be successful and in order for the brands to be successful they have to rely on a certain level of insecurity in the population that they are appealing to um, and I think also to kind of build on what we're talking about because obviously we've spoken about makeup but another thing is obviously body image and like you said like the perception and the expectation and the look the in look of the day of the month of the hour even sometimes it seems like it changes so often um, that changes so often and I think that obviously what we're seeing a lot in young people and we've spoken a lot about women but you've seen a lot in men as well you're having situations where people experience um body dysmorphia and it's like you know because they're seeing certain images whether they're edited or not online um which are taken by influencers and they are promoting sometimes certain you know for example body shaping clothing that you might wear to make yourself look a certain way to kind of you know in you know those little like parts of your body that it's like you know what it's hanging out a bit I want to look a certain way which we've spoken about like you know hot boy summer hot girl hot girl summer you want to look a certain way um but I think that ultimately what ends up happening is like again you're buying into a particular perception of what your body should look like and the reality is we all have different body types and I'd be, be quite interested to know from you guys as people who are still on social media because I'm not on it anymore because this is how I felt sometimes I, I just feel like do you feel that when you're looking at the full pictures of influencers, so not focusing just on the face and makeup, um, do you feel that what they're posting in terms of body image and stuff, is that reflective of what people can actually achieve in real life in society for you guys as young girls? And also, and also, um, do you think that this is having either a positive, negative or neutral impact on young people in particular's perception of their body image today? 100%. <laughs> It is not possible to reach those beauty standards and 100% does it result to people never being pleased with themselves. I don't know any single female and male who can confidently say they're 100% pleased with their body or they've reached their goal because I feel like everyone's goal is not attainable when it's based on social media beauty standards because at the end of the day like I think you both highlighted is social media is fake they're not they don't look like that themselves in real life when you come across them so how can you how can you become their edited pics um to answer that's really interesting to answer that question the first one I think it was is it very realistic is it a realistic 
goal to achieve i do not think so because again a lot of the a lot of people on social media edit their pictures they edit the bodies it's not even the face they edit the way their bodies look they edit the way their faces look so already it's fabricated number one number two a lot of people have the means to um to do work on their bodies and to do surgery and to it's not just gym and having water with a slice of lemon inside it i'm so sorry it's turkey (laughs) absolutely it is turkey can we also just also yeah so to answer that i do not think it's realistic at all because people like so i've had like i mentioned i've had an up and down journey where i go gym i don't go gym i'm eating healthy sometimes i don't eat healthy sometimes um and and that's pretty much everybody and that's a realistic life there's no way chloe kardashian's pictures that that's not achievable for everybody and another thing i wanted to talk about was with the whole turkey thing um, it's actually become such a common thing in the UK, especially, but also around the world to, for um, a lot of young girls and young women to take a trip to Turkey and, you know, do the work on their bodies. And then, and then come back to the UK, heal, um, stay in the country for a little bit, you know, heal, whatever. And then next thing you know, the rest of us on social media are seeing that the work that you got done, it's, it's, it's botched thighs. <laughs> botched bum botched everything and then there's girls there's people i know who will go and they will actually do that same surgery that you not everybody is strong-minded do you know what i mean like not everybody is as strong-minded and some people actually follow these influences they go to turkey as well how many people do we know every time we flick through social media have gone turkey or have gone this place or that place get veneers on their teeth veneers as well let's talk about it or crowns or changing your teeth or changing parts of your body and it's like at the end of the day, like it's it's easier to take that option and take that route and you know be um affected and influenced by social media negatively, but it's always better to take the harsh and the harder route in life where you actually have to where you actually have to really reflect and dig deep and say, Why am I thinking like this? Do you know what I mean? Why can't I hit the gym? Why can't I just do some skincare, drink some water? Like but I think it's so interesting that you say that because this whole like comparison of oh what is the easier or the harder route for me it's actually mad in my head that cosmetic tourism is the easier option so to to book a flight now with covid some places are asking you if you're vaccinated to get a hotel to go to a strange country that you may have never been to before even if you've got a trusted website obviously there's always going to be people out there that are doing botched operations as you mentioned so you're taking a risk there. this is your body like i know of stories where people have died from this do you get what i mean so it's like okay maybe it genuinely was going to enhance your body and enhance maybe work that you do especially if it is reliant on your body image however it's like you're taking the risk between potentially coming back alive and potentially like basically dying at the other extreme like for me i find that really mad and you also need to understand like what is the motivation for you to get to that point because obviously there's big discussions about things like pretty privilege etc etc like these are common concepts that are really being like spoken about openly i think it's very healthy that people are like discussing this but at the end of the day it's a very real thing and the fact that your everyday person um especially if they can't afford you know to go about these procedures even if they want to i think that what 
unfortunately can happen and again i keep going back to that young people because this is who it affects, impacts the most but essentially people who look normal quote unquote and who haven't gone to these these extremes whether it be with merc with a uh, makeup whether it be with invasive or non-invasive surgeries and procedures etc to try and ha- enhance themselves you end up in a situation where it's a very much them and us situation where those people that have the money and have the option of opting to have these surgeries and use certain products and have certain procedures on a regular basis like they are seen as the in crowd they are given better opportunities in life because as a society because of social media because that's what it always leads back to we're saying that that means that you must be a more successful person you must be a better individual but is that really like a true judge of a person all of us sitting here would say no but the reality is this is the society that we're creating when we're so dependent and reliant on the beauty standards dictated to us which like i said are sometimes changing by the day so it's like how can we keep up like what kind of like society and generation are we building for our future we'll build a generation that's like more um involved and invested in getting the bbl from turkey than getting the bbc grades at a level from college (laughs) spoken as a true teacher you know also it's scary how accessible it all has become because superdrug now offers botox next to their tash bit (laughs) where they thread for you the next booth is for botox like so i think for a lot of girls as well it's become like such a norm i mean i literally hear every every time i've got on a train i've heard how someone needs to like re-up on their lips and get their fillers done and everything and that these are considered minimal like it's, it's considered minimal surgeries, bruv. Like, do you know what's so mad? Um, you mentioned Botox and Superdrug. Um, Instagram, do you know how many Instagram accounts that are not even verified, no certification, no experience qualifications, and they're out here giving people Botox, giving people injections, giving people um, white teeth, white, whitening their teeth, no qualifications, nothing. Are you a doctor? Like, are you, are you where where is this coming from so there's more this is more accessible to people like people are people can go online and literally find somebody in an instant to just fill up their under eyes or fill up their lips for them and it is that's literally just the root cause the root problem how accessible it is now a lot of 16 year old girls 17 year old girls 18 year old girls they are the ones that are much more likely who are also on social media to go dm those people and inquire about it and no id would be required money is being made and that's it so i'm very worried about the younger generation because me personally if i speak about my own self i i'm not gonna lie to you i i would and i actually don't think i would be affected by botox or seeing people with fillers and seeing people get big bums or cut their bums off or do you know them things don't affect me okay i mean remove their implants okay the technical term i'm supposed to be a teacher i actually am a a level teacher um yeah so remove their fillers that remove their implants like whatever happens for me personally my own experience like i don't think any of that can phase me because at the end of the day i know that in five years time maybe being six foot tall woman is going to be the new thing like that people are going to start stretching their legs like in china i do know that women like the feet they squeeze the feet we it's an important thing to to always bear in mind that the beauty standards will always change over time as we enter a postmodern era in society
One thing that I wanted to ask, um, because I know we've talked about a lot of different things when it comes to beauty standards, but I know that one of your like top um, listened to podcast episodes was sort of about relationships. And obviously people are very, very um, keen and interested in any sort of talk and discussion about relationships. And I think especially when it comes to females, um, but even in modern day society, more and more so guys as well. um, I think that obviously beauty standards and influences is very much um, tied up in um, kind of, you know, attraction of whoever you want to attract, essentially, um, for a romantic relationship. Um, even if it's just a short-term thing, a fling, I think that obviously beauty standards is very, very important. Um, so kind of what I wanted to know from you guys, because I've reflected on my time on social media, one thing that really um, kind of pushed me away from social media was obviously growing up with a lot of these influencers. Naturally, you're growing up with them and their life. It's not just like the beauty side of things that they might be into or the vlogging or whatever. So a lot of these influencers influencers that I was growing up with obviously they were young they were getting older they're going through life they ended up in relationships maybe even getting married you know posting like their wedding vlog and obviously a big part of that is the brands the makeup the body image the clothes and I think that one thing that I found very interesting was um I I started to reflect on how I felt about these influencers going into that sort of like relationship phase of their life and I realized when I took a step back from social media through some of my mini breaks that I had um that my understanding and appreciation of what I need to do in order to find the right person and there's no right or wrong answer to that question because it's very loaded um, was very much tied up in particular expectations of how you should look on a regular basis so for example like we've mentioned like how young girls they get to a stage where on a daily basis you are wearing on for example a full face of makeup like there's a point where that starts to happen and it's happening younger and younger and I can't help but feel like that's very much tied up in obviously you know your hormones you start to realize okay I like this person I, li- I like that person and yes people may say you're doing it for yourself but there's we can't deny that there is an element of well I would like to be with somebody I would like to have you know the fairy tale tale or just a normal guy in my life guy or girl and it's just a case of like how am I going to attract that person and I think that influencers are very clever at tying intertwining that in the way that they present themselves on social media so I'm not on social media anymore but what do you guys think and thinking about like especially the influencers that are in relationships or have been gone through breakups even and things like that how has the beauty standards like changed or manifested in those situations in their lives on social media and it's a very very big question Okay, so I'm someone who never really looked at social media to set my own milestones or my own expectations. I very much had my own version of life, as in my own personal goals, my own pace at things. Uh, I was never caught up in the whole social media, buying a house by 20 years old kind of thing and having a ch- three children by 22 and having the most good looking husband. Um, thankfully, I wasn't a bloody fool. But at the same time, I was engrossed in their life. So one particularly was Shake Beauty. Gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Mashallah. And what I liked about her though was because how raw she was and how real she was about things. She wasn't at the start but what made her different from the others was that she acknowledged that about herself. She came to a point where she was just like, you know what, I'm not even being real, being real, being real with me. Forget about you guys. So she was very, she got very personal about things, um, especially after she got married. No, after she had her first child, she was really real about postpartum depression and how she felt like she was slowing down at her own goals because she had to start prioritizing her children and she wasn't even feeling good about that because there was so much she wanted to do and stuff and I just really appreciated how real she was so um 
yeah so when i saw her get real about things i actually followed her more closely and like you it's resulted her in deactivating mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean taking a break i think her profile's still up there but she's just not posting anymore um her husband's very much active i think due to the nature of his work um and he actually updates her followers about by the way if you guys are wondering how she's doing she's doing well and stuff and i just i like that because how do i still know about your life but you're not on insta it's quite amazing you know i think that's really interesting that you used um shake beauty as oh, an also, you introduced me to her account <laughs> <laughs> it's true i did i did guilty um i think no it is really interesting because when it comes to like the whole makeup thing i think that she was very much on the makeup um before she kind of like settled down and had kids um whether it was like in her engagement and then obviously being married and everything um but then i think like it's just really important because like i was saying when it comes to makeup specifically which is such a big thing it's just important to show it in a real way because yes i am biased because i don't wear makeup in my day-to-day life but i also have a lot of friends that you know i've known like pre-marriage and pre-relationship and then once they're in relationship and then once they have kids and like you do see changes and it's not that you don't you forget your relationship with your with makeup for example and certain types of clothing and and etc etc but i do think that does change and it's natural for that to change and i think it's important that young people see that so they don't feel like number one i should just give up makeup now because i'm in a relationship because that's not the answer like that's part of you and your creative expression of yourself and your self-confidence but obviously it will change and um over time depending on the period of life that you're in um and yeah something random just came into my mind right now um and it's just maybe it might just go off on a tangent a bit but um i do feel like now in today's like in 2022 there is a lot more body image like body positivity body image positivity in comparison to five years ago or 10 years ago like a lot of a lot of brands like they um clothing brands like a lot of them they promote like plus size models but also like petite models as well so there is like variation between both ends of the spectrum like being underweight or being overweight as well um so there is a lot more positivity and people are now a lot more confident in their own skin and comfortable in their own skins as well and i do feel like um that is what we need more of rather than the other um side of things where it's um promoting this unideal um body type um on social media which consists of everything fake and plastic do you know what i mean like i feel like the it's just the embracing of your body type and your your facial facial features it doesn't have to be eurocentric features like what the beauty standards is not linked to having eurocentric features and that's something that i have seen like on tiktok and everywhere where a lot of like black girls even like a lot of them are so much more com- confident in their own skin tone for example like so mu- so many more girls love um like get through of being a dark-skinned woman like like do you know what i mean like you know that song by beyonce and um, brown skin girl i'm not glad to you that was such a positive vibe song do you know what i mean and we need more like influential moments like that rather than the side of social media that's a bit horrible and daunting and can have an impact on people's well-being and self-esteem and body image dysmorphia as well i totally agree and i think that there needs to be an like a very very strong in order for us to be unified as a community whether you're on social media whether you use it in a certain way or you follow certain bloggers because obviously we all have our inclinations i think it's really important that there is respect because one thing that i was always very conscious of because i had a lot of different different friends on social media when i was on it i didn't want to even though i have very very strong views and i'm very conscious of that i wanted there to be a respect and dialogue 
um, towards my friends that maybe opted to wear, for example, makeup on a daily basis. I want there to be respect for my friends that are very much like on the body positivity movement and actually might be a bit anti, you know, the friends that are very much like, well, you know, maybe I don't feel so positive about myself and I use XYZ product or clothing, etc., to feel more confident in myself. And I just think as women, like, in particular we are so diverse in terms of what makes us feel good and what makes us get up in the morning and feel excited about going about our day and that just manifests in so many different ways and i think there has to be a respect and that i think that's testament to the reason why three the three of us who have very different relationships with social media and with beauty can be friends and can have di- have a dialogue where sometimes it's like you know what, i'm sitting here and i'm just like yeah you guys are speaking another language because you're talking about your whole makeup routine and like i just don't get it but obviously like i respect it and obviously like if you have done like a really amazing face beat that day it's like you know i can be like yeah it looks really nice like you look really good i like it um so there has to be that respect there i think obviously on social media as well as in real life to build those strong sisterhoods and to try and use the beauty standards to our advantage and create our own so that we feel confident and so that we don't feel like instagram is taking over just last thing i wanted to mention um it's also very interesting to see and observe the different beauty standards across the world so what might be considered as beautiful here or the norm it is completely not normal across the world and what might be normal across the world in like let's say a more um the countries that have low economic economic development let's say that are not as westernized is completely different um i saw on tiktok a video of um a somali um a somali um <laughs> this is gonna be so random but it was a, of a somali woman and she literally was she got like a bra- like she got her front two teeth like she literally got it stained like with like you know that some people come from back home and they got brown stains on their teeth like you know it's because of the water and for them over there i guess that's beautiful i didn't know that was a thing you know but yeah that over here that doesn't really run do you know what i mean also skin as well skin tone skin complexion uh, feeling comfortable in your own skin um that isn't the case everywhere in the world like there's a lot of countries um like in Africa and in the Caribbean as well, where women and also men as well, they're not comfortable in their own skin tone and complexion. So they bleach, they go to eat to the measures of bleaching their skin, not just changing the shape of certain features or the shape of their body. For them, it's more about complexion. So the beauty standards really differ across the world. And I know in East, um, in East Asia as well, um, the beauty standards over there, like it's, you know, the, it's very common the most common look is being extremely slim short petite okay it's very unordinary (laughs) (laughs) no to us to us no it's very unordinary to us like yeah so it's very unfamiliar to us in this country here in the united kingdom also in america as well it fluctuates i guess because there was a point in time where for women being a thick big woman like overweight like you know being more on the overweight side of the spectrum that was more considered the norm and what was beautiful and now it's back to very slim so it changes over time and it's really interesting to see those differences across the world and you know what people what people see as beautiful because definitely in africa and in the caribbean and in, i don't know much about the caribbean but in africa like they really idolize eurocentric features a very thin nose um eyes are very close to each other yeah and you know very um 
structured jawline and you know that kind of yeah back home and over here not gonna lie to you a lot of the people who were born with eurocentric features like the white people a lot of them they want bigger lips they want they want a nose more of the button nose kind of vibe you know so it's really interesting to see how it differs across the world just to build quickly on what nora said i think it's really interesting because for me there's two kind of sides to the coin so when it comes to um cultural culturally influenced beauty standards i think that one is like understanding and appreciating the beauty standards that exist within certain countries and continents because at the end of the day we all have our own culture um depending on where we are from and how we were brought up so for example in places like africa the whole thing of like being thick that comes from this whole idea of like there's a lot of poverty in certain places especially if you're like in a village area so if you have money then that means you have more access to food and therefore like you're able to eat more and therefore you look a bit more weighty i know that might sound like a bit like caveman but that's like the reality and i'm talking about village areas it's not so much the norm nine big cities but like ultimately that's where a lot of that culture comes from even though obviously it's it's, it's got changed and there's different meanings and translations behind but that even, perception even with arabs it was like the fatter the arab man the more money he has so you just go for him <laughs> exactly so like a lot of it is is steeped in like genuine um cultural concepts you know what i mean but obviously because our realities are different we may not necessarily see it in that same way so one thing is like appreciation of why certain beauty standards exist in certain parts of the world but i think the other thing as well which is really interesting when it comes to like almost like this exchange of cultural beauty standards where whereby it's like oh i'm somebody who's from asia who's from africa and i want to aspire to eurocentric features or vice versa i think one thing that i find a little bit uncomfortable maybe politically with that is that we have to i think that because we're so influenced again by social media it's a bit like if we are going to be interested in a beauty standard that's not common to where we're from and our reality and where we grew grew up then it's like we have to co-opt another places and i think rather than looking at yourself like for example somebody might be like a white female and you might have certain expectation based on your english european um heritage and the way that you're the women in your family are but then maybe it's like okay all the women in my family are slim i'm the only one who is a bit thicker because that's just like how i am so it's it's it, you know with that it's like okay i look at the way that i am my body type i look at what my interests are and i naturally create and look at you know do you could more nothing wrong with looking at different cultures but it's like you build your own beauty standard based on the fact that okay i might not necessarily fit in to what i know if that makes sense so it's more of a natural process whereas i feel like what is very dangerous when we when we talk talk about things like black fishing and people trying to look racially ambiguous and mm -hmm. stuff like that is that what essentially I feel people are doing is they are in a very in my opinion um in a very kind of um low intellectual way they're just kind of saying okay well that culture looks nice so I just want to take it and it's like well it's not that simple because there's a like lot of temporary really temporary taste in things and temporary fashion exactly and i just think that's where you sometimes then have like a lot of issues where people getting onto each other on social media because it's like i'm co-opting another culture rather than understanding where those beauty standards came from so another example i'll briefly give is like obviously korean dramas are becoming a really really big thing so naturally their culture their beauty standards um and things like that are going to shine through the fact that so many big korean dramas are becoming like mainstream on netflix and things like, that. like i know my sister personally she's very much into it okay my sister is a young black girl she's interested 
good. But at the same time, I am really curious to see how girls in her generation are affected by the beauty standards because we pick up on culture. Now, there's nothing wrong with you, you know, starting to wear a few of the things that they wear. But then the issue is then, okay, maybe I like their skin color. I'm not happy with my own skin tone. Do you see what I mean? So then, then we start to have like interesting discussions. But that's like a reality we have to face because we are interconnected. So before it was, I grew up in this village in the south of England somewhere or the north of England somewhere. And this is all I knew. And then this is what I follow and I pass on to my children. But now people are like intermarrying, they're mixing with different people. So we're exposed to different beauty standards. And it's like, okay, where do we find that balance where we appreciate each other's beauty standards, but we don't co-opt them? Okay, well, <laughs> this was a heavy, heavy discussion. And I think some of the few things that we can take away from it is there's a real fine line between appreciating beauty and idolizing beauty. Um, and it can get real dangerous when you start idolizing and start changing permanent parts of yourself to fit into the idea of temporary beauty standards. And Nora, what's your biggest lesson? I think my message to um, all the listeners um, is that it is normal if you do feel like, you know, you are being impacted by social media, um, more so in terms of the beauty standards and sometimes you struggle with that that is a genuine struggle of yours it is absolutely normal but the thing the main thing to consider is reflecting and i'm i'm no therapist but i'm talking about my own experiences and it's really important to reflect and think deep down and dig in and really try to reflect on where these feelings are coming from where these thoughts are coming from and how you can alter that and adapt and change that the 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 ways of thinking because it really comes down to our mental processes, our cognitive processes, how we think, like how our thought processes are wired at the end of the day. And if we are able to change that and alter it and think more positively, that way that can really have a positive impact on yourself, first of all, um, on how you view yourself. Like, for example, like myself, I know that, um, I know that sometimes, I do I really want to talk about myself? <laughs> Okay, for example, myself, like I would say I'm very, I am body positive. Like I am, I, I do have body dysmorphia sometimes where I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, hmm, today I look very different to this morning when I woke up and like when I woke up, my body is just changed randomly. Like I look very different. However, I would say I'm very confident in my own self, even though I'm not at a perfect stage. Like I, I do, right now I just had, um, cookie dough and a waffle like half and half with some ice cream do you know what I mean with the rest of us here um however like I do try to maintain a balance and I do like try to work on it gradually do you know what I mean I know that it's not the end of the world like okay right now let's say I'm eating a lot snacking a lot um and I know it's okay my body's looking a bit different I know that I can rectify that and I could just change my eating patterns and literally just go to the gym or go for long walks etc like it's not the end of the world do you know what I mean and that's the main thing to understand like we shouldn't waste our resources and our time and our money and our effort and our thought processes like it's a lot of effort and energy we shouldn't waste it on what if, what if I look like that? What if I had a body like that? What if I had a face like that? What if I had a nose like that? What if I had lips like that? What if I had, I don't know, long legs like that? Everybody is different at the end of the day and beauty standards, they always change from way back in the day. I swear Marilyn Monroe was getting crucified for her body back in the day as well. So that's just a really interesting, that's a very insightful element of this discussion to take and ponder on. Um, any last message, Rukea? Then we'll just shut it down today, right? 
Um, just want to say thank you for having me. It's been a very insightful discussion. Um, I think that I am a little bit sort of in the dark sometimes because I'm not on social media anymore, but it is really interesting to hear different perspectives and to know what's going on out there um, so that I'm able to sort of go out into the world, especially, like I said, as an educator and to be able to understand what the next generation are going through because it's something that we're going to be dealing with for a very long time to come. And like Nora said, it's about, um, not necessarily a case of going cold turkey on it but it's about being able to consume it but being able to process it mm. in the most positive way for us to be able to live a, a happy and fulfilled life yeah because honestly social media especially instagram isn't going to change um you're going to be seeing more and more impossible beauty standards it's just about how you choose to intake it and deal with it you just have to be smart about it because instagram ain't changing it's just gonna get worse and on that note, thank you guys very much for listening to this episode. We really hope you enjoy this little small, small um, teen taboo podcast is going viral. Like people in Canada listening to us in Saudi Arabia. So big up yourselves. <laughs> and thank you so much, Rakea, for being here with us as well today.